When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Inside Scoop, and we are live on a Monday. You guys know how it goes. We go live on Monday at noon Eastern, and on Thursdays, we're not live, but we're here, so tune in. Now, let me know where you're watching from, and I don't mean the city. Where are you watching from? Let me know in the comment section below. Are you in your cubicle? Are you guys truckers? Are you tuned in on the road? Are we watching from third period English class? Where do you where do you watch the inside scoop from? Let me know in the comment section below. We're going to get this thing cranked up. All right. So we have a lot of recruiting fallout from the weekend, right? It was a crazy weekend of college football. We're going to talk both sides of the OU Texas rivalry game and how Oklahoma's win will impact recruiting. Now, Texas, we're going to talk their side as well. They had a ton of momentum heading into this game. We got Texas insider Jerry Hamilton on the show to discuss. Then we'll talk with Josh McQuistion of Sooner Scoop to find out what this means for Oklahoma and how they're on the phone with some five-star recruits already trying to capitalize on some of that momentum. We're going to start with Miami, though. An absolutely insane ending to that game. We want to know what do recruits think. So... There was a few other major visits that we won't specifically cover in this show, but we will have videos coming. I'm talking about five-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton. He took an official visit to UF this weekend, a massively important visit to him and the Florida Gators. Now, I spoke briefly with Seaton. He also caught up with Gators Online, so go to their site, go check that out. But he had a absolutely blast on his visit. He told me he was locked in the entire time. He met up with some Gator commitments, including DJ Lagway, who was in the swamp for the Gators' win over Vandy. More intel coming this week on Jordan Seaton. All right. Now, me and Sam Spiegelman talked on Friday about a big visit weekend in College Station as the Aggies took on Bama. And it was big. Five-star corner Kobe Black showed up. And there was also an unexpected five-star on campus. That's five-star wide receiver Micah Hudson, the number one wide receiver in the state of Texas, committed to Texas Tech, but he shows up in College Station. That's one that I would keep an eye on. We'll see what Micah Hudson does. He keeps everything close to the vest. All right, let's get into the show right now. Subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We got this channel buzzing, and we have more to come. All right, let's head down to Coral Gables and talk some recruiting. The Miami Hurricanes, I said it, they lost in a shocking way at home, 23-20 to Georgia Tech. And you know the story. The Canes were up big. They were running the clock out. They weren't up big, but they were up. Enough to just take a knee and end the game, but that's not what happened. The rest is history, and Miami is no longer undefeated. But today, we're going to dissect the recruiting aspect of this loss and how it might not be as bad as you'd expect. Miami fans, hit subscribe. We are going to get through this together. Recruiting is your lifeblood of the program. Still got to recruit. Hit that subscribe button. We're covering everything. All right. Let's bring on Azubi Charles of Kane Sport right now to break this down. Azubi, 
The Canes were the talk of South Florida. They were undefeated in year two under Mario Cristobal and looking for more. It was a big-time game with big-time recruits on hand. Five-star Jeremiah Smith, he was there. He actually told Kane Sport on his way into the stadium. He was asked about his expectations for this game. He said 50-0, to zero, just a blowout. That was his prediction. Now, it didn't go that way. It didn't go the way that anyone really expected. So, Azubi, what was the recruit reaction to this game? Yeah, so after the game, I think myself and every recruit was kind of still in shock of what happened on the field, kind of, you know, picking our jaws up off the ground after, you know, everything that happened. But for the most part, everyone was still kind of pretty positive leaving Hard Rock Stadium after that gut-wrenching loss. And I caught up with Miami commit Cam Pruitt, who I think kind of said it best. You know, he told me, yes, that was a very tough loss, you know, very hard to watch. But Miami is in a much better position now than they were a year ago today. Obviously, last year, you know, coming off that Middle Tennessee loss and, you know, the things kind of went south from there. But he pretty much told me, hey, it's a bad loss, but we're still progressing. We're still getting better. And I know a lot of people want to say, you know, is Miami back or, you know, when is Miami coming back? I, do, I feel like that's kind of, you know, not not a good way to look at things. I feel like Miami's working their way to getting back. And Cam Pruitt and a lot of the other recruits kind of had that same outlook leaving Hard Rock Stadium. So, yes, it was a very, very tough loss, but recruits are still seeing the positive out of all the bad things that happened on Saturday. Well, that's good. And, you know, like you said, this is only the first loss of the season. I and mean, Miami's had a rough patch these last few years. I think the recruits will give Mario and the staff a chance to turn things around. But did it hurt with a guy like a Jeremiah Smith who's committed to Ohio State? He was in Hard Rock to see a high-flying performance, and that's not exactly what happened. Yeah, I wouldn't say this loss kind of completely takes Miami out of the picture for Jeremiah Smith, but I do think this makes that battle a little bit more difficult. You know, like you mentioned, he had very high expectations going into the matchup, you know, outside of Hard Rock Stadium, saying he wanted to see Miami air the ball out. You gave, you know, 50 to zero prediction. And then obviously, like we all know, that didn't exactly happen. And, you know, yeah. seeing is believing. And obviously, Jeremiah Smith did not see all that he wanted to see at Hard Rock Stadium. On Saturday, and you know, like I said, I don't think you know this completely takes Miami out of the picture for him, but I do think it makes it very, very, very difficult moving forward. But they do have an opportunity, plenty of opportunities for the remainder of the season to kind of you know catch his attention again. You know, you have the North Carolina game coming up, you have the Clemson game coming up, you have Florida State game coming mm -hmm. up, you have a bunch of very you know big games on the schedule still. So a lot of more opportunities for Miami to kind of showcase, you know, what they have and what, you know, Jeremiah Smith might want to see. But that does, you know, that that loss is a big, big blow for, for their recruiting efforts right now for the five-star Ohio State commit. Yeah, and now Miami also, they got some big positive news on Sunday. There's probably some Kane fans that after that football game just put their phone away, logged off the internet, and went silent. But if you weren't paying attention, last yesterday evening on Sunday, Miami got a commitment from four-star wide receiver Nykar out of the state of Georgia. He's a recent decommitment from Georgia. Just about two weeks ago, he reopened his recruitment. Now, he was at Auburn last weekend, Miami this weekend, and there was a lot of buzz heading into this weekend. Zuby, take us behind the scenes a little bit. Was Nykar's plan all along to commit this weekend, or did something go down that caused him to make a decision? Yeah, from the beginning, you know, when Nykar decommitted from Georgia, I spoke with him, I think, a day or two after. And he pretty much told me straight up, yeah, Miami's the front runner. You know, Miami's the team to beat right now. Mm -hmm. There's been something brewing, you know, over the past two weeks since he decommitted from Georgia and it kind of finally came to fruition, you know, Sunday afternoon, you know, 
Word began circulating that Kai kind of gave a silent commitment behind closed doors to Miami prior to Saturday's contest. And, you know, I spoke with Jeremiah Smith and Joe Trader Friday night before uh, Saturday's game. And Jeremiah Smith kind of hinted and said, hey, you know, Miami's getting a guy this week. And I can't say who, but, you know, Miami's getting a guy. So, you know, a lot of people behind closed doors kind of knew Nikar was coming. And just to see him stick behind his commitment and, you know, stand on his pledge after watching that Georgia Tech loss kind of tells me, hey, this kid really believes in what Mario Cristobal and those guys are doing. So a huge, huge, you know, win on the recruiting show for Miami and kind of a Band-Aid to kind of ease the pain for the fans of what will happen Saturday. So Miami getting Nikar on the board, you know, their third wide receiver commit, joining Chance Robinson and JoJo Trader is huge for Miami and huge for Coach Kevin Beard, who I have to give my credits to is killing it on the recruiting show right now. Yeah, kind of takes the sting out at least a little bit. If you're a recruiting fan, you understand the importance of NICAR to this Miami Hurricanes recruiting class. Now, there's also some flip targets on campus that I want to talk about. And I'm talking Jordan Lyle, four-star running back out of St. Thomas, and Adarius Hayes, a four-star linebacker from Largo High School. Let's start with Jordan Lyle. Is, is this a similar situation to Mark Fletcher last year, who – Mark Fletcher was at American Heritage, and he was a late flip from Ohio State to Miami at the running back position. This seems awfully similar, Azubi. Yeah, no, it's there. You know, two South Florida running backs that committed to Ohio State early in the process with, you know, Mark Fletcher last year, now Jordan Nile this year, making that pledge, and I believe April to Ohio State. But Miami's been making that push, you know, ever since running back coach Tim Harris, you know, came to Miami from UCF, and they brought in a couple other guys on that staff. Mm -hmm. Jordan Lyle has been a guy that they really, really, really like. And, you know, he's shown interest in Miami as well. Saturday was his second game day visit this season. He first visited uh, during the Texas A&M matchup. And, you know, I spoke with him after the game, and he said he really, really liked what he saw from the Hurricanes ground attack. He told me kind of, you know, Georgia Tech knew Miami was going to run the ball, and Miami was still able to run the ball, you know, at an efficient rate. So that's something that he really liked. Also, Miami currently has three of his teammates committed at St. Thomas Aquinas, and they're making that push as well to try to get that fourth guy, you know, more guys from St. Thomas to uh, University of Miami. So that's, you know, another factor that's playing into this. But there is interest there for sure from Jordan Lyle's side and definitely from Miami's side. And he's telling me he's just trying to take things day by day and see how the season plays out. I asked him if that loss kind of affected how he views Miami. He said, no, not at all. He understands what's happening in Coral Gables. He knows they're trying to build a program to where they want it to get. It's not there just yet, but Jordan Lyle sees the progression and Miami's, you know, making that push for him. And hopefully they go two for two for flipping South Florida uh, running back from Ohio State to Miami. Yeah. Uh, Mark Fletcher said some of the same things when he was being recruited to Miami. <laughs> so we'll see what Jordan Lyle does. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Adarius Hayes. Now, he has been committed to the Gators for almost a year. I think it'll be a year in like January. So he's been locked in for a while and he keeps showing up on Miami's campus. And every time he does, I, I go read the Florida writers and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of concern from the UF side of things, but Hayes seems to be consistently showing up at Miami. What are your sources saying after this last visit? Yeah. So Miami's linebacker coach Derek Nicholson has been making you know, a very hard push and has been extremely involved with the Darius Hayes. And, you know, like you mentioned, he keeps popping up at Miami in the summer. He kind of made a sneaky visit and then, you know, there wasn't much, you know, that came out of that. He, you know, tweeted after he was 100%, you know, committed to Florida right. during that his commitment. And then, you know, this game day visit again. So a lot of moving pieces behind closed doors. And Adarius isn't, you know, saying much. And obviously that's, you know, not raising concern with Florida. But 
obviously, if he's still coming around and Miami's still making that push, there, there's some interest there from both sides. So this is one that's going to be, you know, monitored very, very closely. And I feel like if he makes another kind of pop-up visit to Miami, that's something that kind of should raise some eyebrows and, you know, raise concerns about that. But Miami's not going to let up with this at all. They're going to keep pushing until, you know, Penn hits paper on signing day. And they really love what Darius says. They love what type of talent he is, you know a tall, rangy linebacker that can move, that can fit well into what Miami's trying to build. So a guy that they think can contribute on their team and a guy that they're not going to stop recruiting to the very end. So definitely a situation worth monitoring as, you know, signing day approaches. So I know there's still work to be done with both of these guys. Neither's a shoe in to flip to Miami, but who do you feel right now has a better chance to flip in the end? I would say Darius Hayes, honestly, just obviously because how Miami's approaching is obviously he's still committed to Florida and, you know, they're trying their hardest to keep him in the program, but there's interest mm-hmm. there. You can see it, you know, two kind of low key visits, not trying to bring too much attention to it. And we've seen in other recruiting battles in the past, you know, when you get guys on campus, when it's kind of those sneaky visits, those are the ones that kind of, you know, hit harder because they're not trying to have yeah. their own school find out and things like that. Obviously, you know, Jordan Lyle is a, a guy that Miami really, really likes, but for now I have to say Darius is the one that I, I would keep my eye on closest. Okay, and I will. Uh, Not all bad this week, Azubi. Miami adds a big-time wide receiver in Nykar, the two flip candidates that we just talked about. But I know Miami fans want to get that nasty taste out of their mouth of this recent loss. They're going to go on the road to UNC and try to avenge that this weekend. But when, when can we expect the next big visit weekend in Miami? Yeah, so that next big uh, weekend is going to be on October 21st when Dabo Sweeney and Clemson rolls into town. You know, leading up to the season when the schedule was released, when we were talking to prospects ahead of the year, that was one game a lot of guys had circled on their calendar for obvious reasons. Clemson has kind of been that the the team to beat in the ACC uh, for the past five to ten years. You know, a lot of guys recruiting battles. You know, last year we saw Miami flip Nathaniel Ray Joseph from Clemson, and you know, teams recruit similar players, so you know, ties there and and, and a big a big program coming into Hard Rock Stadium, so. That's going to be that next really, really big weekend. And I fully expect Mario Cristobal and his staff to pack out that recruiting section. And hopefully they have a better result than last time. Well, obviously, with Saturday coming. But that, that Clemson weekend is going to be one that a lot of fans should have circled and expect a lot of big names to be in South Florida. Yeah. And uh, Saturday's game, it was memorable. Maybe not for the right reasons, but it was memorable. Uh, Zuby Charles, thank you for stopping in on the inside scoop, dropping some intel on Miami's big visit weekend. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right. Zuby Charles with Kane Sport. Now we're going to move on, talk a little Oklahoma and Texas. Let's start with the loser. No, let's start with the winners. Let's go to Texas. No, we're going to go to Oklahoma first. I'm sorry. Oklahoma, then into Texas. Feel a little different in Norman. The Sooners came out with a win on Saturday in a legendary game against their rival, the Texas Longhorns. And today, we want to know what that win meant for recruiting and how the Sooners plan to capitalize on some of this momentum. Oklahoma fans, we're excited to talk recruiting with you. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button. All right, let's get this thing cranked up and bring on reaction from some of these guys that OU's been trying to get on their commit list. I don't think it's that different than what you've seen from a lot of the media. Like there is a, oh, okay, this is real. Like, and I, you know, recruits, and you know, Josh, they want to, they either do or don't want to believe. So like they were just looking for a reason, a lot of these cases to, 
believe in what Brent Venables and that staff have been pitching. And this, this was, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, proof of concept. And that, that's what this is for Oklahoma. They don't have to say the yeah, but, you know, oh, well, you know, yeah, but six and seven or yeah, you know, they got housed by Texas last year. They don't have to have that conversation anymore. They went on the field, won against a team that has, has a proven scalp on their wall with that big win at Alabama for Texas. So I, I think it's huge for OU and that they kind of get to reestablish themselves with a lot of the elite recruits and did so against obviously a school they recruit against heavily. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of piggyback off that, after a win like this, who's a recruiter to the OU picks up the phone and calls to say like, hey man, you still interested? I, you know, the, the two that come to mind, Josh, are uh, a couple of receivers. You know, I, I think the notable one is probably Terry Bussey. Obviously, uh, you know, a, a very different scenario for A&M right now uh, than, than where Oklahoma is coming off the weekend. So, you know, Oklahoma, and we talked about this at the time, you know, prior mm -hmm. to his, is Oklahoma was always kind of playing the long game with him. I think they thought that first commitment was probably going to head toward College Station and they knew that, and they were going to keep recruiting him and keep working him because that's a guy they really like. And they have the addition of saying, hey, we, we want you to come play receiver. That, that's what Oklahoma wants from Terry Bussey, while obviously at A&M, he's more of a corner target. So it's kind of a question, does that matter to him? Can that play a role? Uh, you know, you get to also throw in, hey, Jackson Arnold is likely to be Oklahoma's quarterback. He's going to be running this offense, all the things you saw from Dylan Gabriel. So it gives Oklahoma a lot of weaponry there. Yeah. And speaking of a lot of weapons, there's another one where the rumor mill has started buzzing around, and that's Clemson five-star wide receiver commit Bryant Wesco. This is kind of like what you were talking about just a moment ago. There's rumors that a potential visit could be in the works. What's your what's your read on things between Bryant Wesco and the Oklahoma Sooners? I will say I have a pretty strong impression that door is not closed. I, I can't say too much more than that because it it, it Bryant is such a quiet kid that I think he's one of those guys that if he shows up, he'll just show up. Like, I don't think anybody's going to know about it. I don't think you're going to get a lot of preamble. He'll just kind of be in Norman one day and everyone's going to spot him. Um, so that's just going to be kind of interesting to see. And the timing works out well. You know, Oklahoma's got this off week. They can really get out on the road, go see some guys uh, this coming week. Obviously, the the team gets to let its body rest, but the coaches will be out recruiting and doing all they can do. Uh, and then you head into, you know, that UCF home game that I think obviously coming off the Texas win, the crowd's going to be really good. Uh, you've got a chance to really do something there and make that a big home environment. So, I, you know, if he showed up for that, it wouldn't shock me, but I do think that is going to be a pretty solid visit weekend. Maybe, and not not even maybe, definitely not from an official visit standpoint because OU has so few outstanding targets remaining. But from that 2025, 2026 group, I think you could see a pretty good visitor list. Okay. Well, let's talk some trench talk. Now, Oklahoma fans, we're not going to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk a little offensive line trenches. And there's, there's a couple main targets right now, mainly Grant Bricks and Eddie Pierre-Louise. But you and I were talking off camera earlier and you think Oklahoma could be in line for an offensive line commitment this week, potentially? Yeah, Dac da Daniel Akinkunmi. I was getting prepared for the uh, the last name and butchered the first name, so that's the way that goes. But uh, yeah, with Daniel, this is a guy that uh, 
I think Oklahoma just kind of fell in love with just watching. And he's a guy that you've got to project a lot. He hasn't played a lot of football, obviously from England, um, playing at the NFL Academy over there. And, but I mean, you look at some of his video and you're like, this guy is, there's some stuff there. There's some tools. And with a developer like Bill Beanbow, who I, I think we all accept maybe isn't going to always go get the five-star guys, but is proven he can develop. And I think that's, this is his kind of guy. Uh, you know, Daniel's put out some videos from his visit. Uh, you know, you can see how much he kind of enjoyed himself, went with his mom. And I, I just think Oklahoma's in really good shape. He's going to make an announcement on Thursday. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be doing a big thing with uh, destroying on YouTube. So there, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. But it, it is, um, it, it, I, I think that shapes up pretty well for Oklahoma. Now, it, you know, if you want to pivot a little bit to, to Bricks and Pierre-Louis, I think Oklahoma's in great shape there. Eddie is expected to be on campus for that UCF visit weekend that I referenced. That would be mm -hmm. an unofficial since he took his in the summer. So, I, again, I, I think they're in good shape there. Grant Bricks, it's a lot like Bryant Wesco. Like, you don't know. Like, he, he is tough to read. He doesn't talk to anybody. Really, even the coaches, from what I can gather, he speaks to each staff of Kansas State, Nebraska, and Oklahoma about once a week. Like, there's not a lot of – pushing and cajoling like he's just going to do what he's going to do and he's going to do it whenever he feels like it no, no one really knows because he set several timelines it keeps getting pushed back so uh, again the, the offensive line recruiting is it seems like it's trending in a good direction there's reason to think Oklahoma's in good shape with really all three of those guys but I, I mean I, I can see a world where maybe Daniel Akinkunmi is the only one they get out of those three Mm. Well, yeah, the Grant Bricks one's interesting because it seems like since July or August, we've been on quasi-commit watch. Not that we've felt uh, decisions imminent, just that it could happen at any time and nobody truly knows when it'll happen. And now we've entered October and we're still saying the same thing about Grant Bricks. So I just, I had to bring it up, but of course we don't know exactly when that'll come. Um, but potentially, does Oklahoma have room for all three of these guys? I absolutely think they do. I mean, you, you look at their numbers. This was this needed to be a big class, and Oklahoma was very aggressive making some early offers. You know, they, they let's be honest. I mean, they took some tough beats, and it was a this was a tough year to do so because there was such a limited supply of offensive linemen. This was one of the softer classes I can remember at the position. But if you can go get Eddie Pierre Louis, who was an early offer for Oklahoma, you go get Grant Bricks and Daniel Akinkumi, who's a real high, you know, high upside kind of guy. I think you've done pretty well with what you add to guys like Eugene Brooks and uh, Josh Isosa, a guy, an in-state guy that Oklahoma really likes. Um, I, I think you've started to build a class there that is not going to be ready to come in and start from day one. I mean, Grant Bricks plays, frankly, in the middle of nowhere, plays very right. small school football in Iowa. He's going to need time, but there's a lot of potential there. And so I think with – a lot of you know, a lot of young guys. Caden Green being a true freshman that played a big role in that win over Texas. They're starting to develop some young players that I think are ready to step in. But this group could be that next wave if you know they kind of buy in and do the things that that we've seen Bill Bedenbo do in the past. All right, so you can feel this Oklahoma recruiting momentum building, and obviously the win over Texas puts us in this position. You've mentioned the UCF game a couple of times. Is that the next big visit weekend when Oklahoma fans can see some of these recruits back on town? And will there be any others? That that's the one. I, you know, I would say that, and then at the end of the year, that TCU post Thanksgiving mm -hmm. game should should be fairly interesting. Now, 
that's losing it's slowly losing some of its luster with TCU just looking yeah. like they're in a little bit of trouble but I and I wonder if maybe that's why you pivot to this game a little bit you've still got some pretty good weather which you know Oklahoma in late November it's going to be cold and you know you wonder how how some uh recruits you can bring in or react to that but you could bring in some guys next weekend and really have a nice environment you know not have guys walk around in parkas every time they're outside so uh, I think that is uh, that's a potential one that's really kind of gaining steam, mm -hmm. and frankly, the timing. You know, like we we kind of mentioned it earlier, following up that Texas weekend, all the good feelings, all the buzz. I mean, it's all there. So Oklahoma can walk in and say, "Hey, just come give us a look. You know, just just see what you think," kind of thing, and start to build some momentum. And like I said, it's going to be more about 2025. Um, you know, some of the big offensive linemen in Dallas, Michael Fasusi, Ty Haywood, Lamont Rogers getting some of those guys maybe back on campus, that would be a big win for Oklahoma. Um, so we'll see what it ends up looking like, but I definitely expect that to be a pretty big weekend. I think you got to think a little bigger, Josh. Oklahoma keeps winning on the sidelines for that TCU game. Maybe it's williams Winery, Bryant Wesco, Terry Bussey, Dominic McKinley. Now we're cooking. From your lips to Oklahoma fans' ears, man. <laughs> That's their dream scenario right there. Yeah. Hey, just keep winning. We'll see what happens. But today, Oklahoma fans are really excited about this big win. And there could be a commitment to come this week. Josh McQuistion from Soonerscoop.com. Thanks for joining the Inside Scoop. Always enjoy it, Josh. Longhorn fairy tale season took a bit of a detour on Saturday when the Sooners played spoiler in the Red River rivalry. Now, how much did the 34-30 loss impact Texas recruiting? We're going to break that down in this video. Also, a new development with a potential five-star flip for the Longhorns. So, Texas fans, hit the subscribe button to the On3 Recruits channel. We are getting this thing cranked up. We want Texas fans to be a part of it. Hit subscribe. Okay, let's bring on Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas. Now, Jerry, we're not going to get on here and act day one like this loss to a ranked opponent is going to end everything for Texas recruiting. Yeah. But they did have a get good thing going. So does a game like this maybe take away some of the potential ceiling from the class? Or does it show recruits like, hey, we're this close and you could be the difference maker? Yeah, I think I think it get, this game helps as long as you go on and win games the rest of the season, right. Josh. I mean, look, I was there. I was 40 sitting 40 rows behind where all the recruit section were. And I can tell you it was an amazing environment for college football, Josh. There weren't any kids there disappointed and what they saw from Texas, uh, what they saw from Oklahoma, or just being there at the game itself. I mean, it was an amazing atmosphere. Um, look, I think as long Texas still beat Bama, they're still going to be ranked in the top 10. They still now just have to go win the games. They have some big home games left uh, for recruiting, um, and they still have momentum on their side. They're going to have a bunch of guys drafted. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a positive for Texas outside mm -hmm. of not winning the game. I think the way the, the program is being seen by top recruits, especially those younger guys, those 2025, 2026 guys uh, throughout this season is very positive for Sarkeesian and staff. Yeah. And what was it like seeing Colin Simmons there, the five star edge out of Duncanville, Texas? I mean, you know, he's going to be on the field, probably making an impact in this rivalry game in one year. So what was it like being able to watch him and just some, give me some of the details of the recruits and what they were reacting to throughout the game. Yeah, I thought, um, I, I think just a bit, the, the crazy start to the game, Josh. I mean, like the, the <laughs> Quinier's first interception and Oklahoma scores, Texas comes down, throws an interception again, but then blocks a punt for a touchdown. It was Manny Muhammad 
that recovered that punt for a touchdown. All the Dallas guys were excited. They knew that was Manny Muhammad uh, that uh, that scored that touchdown. And then, you know, when you look at Colin Simmons and you think, you know, okay, well, does a loss hurt uh, Texas with a guy like Colin Simmons who's committed? Uh, Josh, you know this. These guys look at it different. They said, you know yeah. what? Nobody sacked Dylan Gabriel Saturday. Colin Simmons is saying, I'm going to be on this field sacking the Oklahoma quarterback next year. That's kind of the reaction of these guys. But I think overall, Josh, it was more just the excitement of the game. It, it was a wild environment now. I mean, college game day was there. There were more people than I've ever seen at 7 a.m. trying to get into the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so it was a crazy environment when all those kids got there, and it was nothing but positives. Mm. And speaking of crazy environment now, it was a rivalry game, but Texas was the team that could host visitors right. because they were the home team in this one. So one of the visitors that showed up was a bit of a surprise to me, Jerry. We're talking about five-star safety, Xavier Phyllis. And he's the number two ranked safety in America out of the state of Texas, but he committed to the Florida Gators over the summer. What are your sources saying about this development with him showing up to this rivalry game? Yeah, it's interesting uh, because uh, on three actually broke that um, that uh, Xavier Philosame was going to be at the game. Then he's on his way to the game Saturday, and Blake Gideon, the Texas safeties coach, calls and officially offers him. Texas had not offered him prior to Saturday. Wow. I think the consensus was he was going to go to Florida. His, he's he's from Orlando area. His dad lives in McKinney. His mom lives in the Orlando area. And I think the the consensus throughout this recruitment was he's most likely to go uh, back to Florida for college. He moved here in the sixth grade, moved here, moved to Texas in the mm -hmm. sixth grade, but his father does live here. So Texas hasn't really been on him, but Texas still has a need at safety in this class. And so they've been they've been talking to the McKinney High staff, keeping tabs on Phil Simi. Uh, but, you know, they, they decided to uh, – when he decided he was going to come to the game Saturday, Texas jumped on it as an opportunity to offer him. And I think the other part with that is, look, he's solid to Florida, mm -hmm. but the way Florida's season could uh, goes the rest of the way could have an impact there, Josh. I mean, from yeah. the sources I've talked to, uh, I think Texas is maybe a fallback plan right at this point because he hasn't built those relationships with the Texas staff. That's really just starting now. But Florida's season is going to have an impact on this recruitment. All right. So if I'm a Texas fan, let's talk to Texas fans right now about Xavier Philsane because he just got the offer. So how serious is this going to get? Do you put him on the board for Texas? I mean, is this a guy, unless he takes an official visit, All this right. probably doesn't, you know, nothing really comes of this but do you think that they get him on campus for an official visit this fall i think they're going to work to that for sure and i put him and i do put him on the board for texas and here's mm -hmm. why warren roberson was a longtime tcu commitment in the last cycle and then he ends up at texas right so this staff well, one thing texas staff does is they their senior evaluation that doesn't mean they didn't like uh phil same before that but there's a big need at safety i think maybe phil same's more open now uh, to the recruitment process mm -hmm. just with the questions around florida a little bit right now um so i think I, he's on the board texas will continue to try to get him uh on campus uh, and engage where his interest level is at but just by him going to the game with uh, his junior teammate riley pettijon who's one of the top junior linebackers in the country and a couple other mckinney teammates younger players that have a lot of offers already uh texas knows he has interest now all right, well, let's talk about another flip target on Texas's radar, and that's DeAndre Carter, the one of the top interior offensive linemen. He's out of California. He was on campus last weekend for an official visit. 
now that the visit highs kind of worn off and things, the dust has settled a little bit. DeAndre Carter, he's committed to Auburn, but what are your sources saying on a potential flip? And when could it happen if it is to happen? Yeah, I, th I think Texas is feel feels like they have a legitimate shot. The, you know, the week after this visit, the communication's been really good and positive since that visit. I think that the, the thoughts that, that I've heard out of Austin are next couple of weeks, they're going to know for sure. Okay. You know, okay, is this a realistically uh, a possibility of happening? There's a lot of pressure on Auburn in this recruitment, Josh. He's the only offensive lineman committed in the class in the right. high school ranks. So that puts a lot of pressure on Auburn to keep Carter in the fold uh, before you even talk about Portal. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Auburn to keep him in the fold, but uh, there's a lot of connections with modern day now. I mean, Brandon Baker, Sarks has mm -hmm. longstanding connections there. Um, you know, I think the big thing here from people I talk to is, um, does he feel like there's an earlier, not easier, earlier path to the field at Auburn? versus Texas, which has a little more interior depth. Hugh Freeze is in year one of his rebuild there. But Texas feels like it's a legitimate shot, and I think in the next couple of weeks we're going to have that answer. All right, we'll keep tracking that one. Now, do we know if five-star corner Kobe Black, who's been trending heavily toward Texas, did he show up at College Station over the weekend for a visit to Texas A&M? Yeah, we believe he did, and Solomon Williams, the other Texas target, four-star edge out of Carrollwood Day. Um, yeah, and Kobe was expected at Texas A&M, and this is where Texas A&M makes these recruitments interesting, right? I mean, this is this, this becomes a Texas versus Texas A&M battle at the end of the day. His brother plays at Oklahoma State. He was always going to stay close to home, uh, and Texas had a, has had a big lead in this recruitment. Uh, he goes to A&M now. The key will be how quick does Texas get him back on campus for me. Mm -hmm. That will be one of the key factors here. Uh, but A&M is going to push, uh, and they're going to make this one tough on Texas. And now the key is how does Texas respond? Man, Speaking of A&M, they pulled off another surprise over the weekend. They got Micah Hudson, the top wide receiver in the state of Texas, who's committed to Texas Tech. They got him on campus. And I say that because it. I want to know, Jerry, do you think – that this shows that there's a little openness to Micah Hudson's recruitment and could it lead to a visit to Texas at some point before signing day? Uh, Texas would surprise me at this point. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it would surprise me. I think Ryan Wingo is the top wide receiver target on the board for Texas. I mean, I think that's where we're at with this process. Now, Micah's mom went to Texas A&M. So mm -hmm. there is that part of the recruitment as well. His father played at Texas Tech, mother attended Texas A&M, I think, for a little while there. Uh, so there is that part of the uh, equation. Uh, but, yeah, I'd be surprised with Texas right now, uh, but we've been surprised this business before. But I do think Ryan Wingo is where Texas' uh, top target is. All right. Well, I'm going to keep it, keep tabs on that. If we need to, we'll talk Micah Hudson down the road. But for now, let's get uh, Texas fans something to – Think about, keep their mind off this loss. What's next for Texas recruiting, whether it's the next big weekend, the next commitment, what's something they can focus on right now? Yeah, I think the the main thing is, look, Texas is still in a good spot with Kobe Black. They're right there battling. I think they're in a good spot with Ryan Wingo. There's two five stars on the board. We'll see what happens with Solomon Williams, Josh. I mean, two visits to A&M in three weeks, one to Texas. That kind of that kind of feels Texas A&M, but we'll see what happens, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Texas is, look, they offer Xavier Philsame. They're into their senior evaluations and seeing what recruitments they can get in on with the season they're having and maybe the season some others are not having as well. So I, that's where Texas is at. Uh, they're going to swing for the fences 
uh, at the high school level in recruiting. And if they don't feel their needs, they're going to go to the portal and get really good players. I mean, that's that's the great thing about being a blue blood program is you swing for those A-list targets in high school recruiting. And if you happen to miss on a couple, it's easy to go to the portal and find yourself a starter level player. Uh, but Xavier Philsame will not be the last senior offer or evaluation by Texas. That I will say. The process right. will continue. All right. So, yeah, and I think Texas has done enough in the first quarter of the season to build up enough equity with some of these recruits that one loss isn't going to shake Texas recruiting to its core. Still a lot of positivity left and a lot of different options on the board still. So, Jerry Hamilton, thanks for stopping by today on the Inside Scoop. You got it.